1: You ready for Rapid Fire? It's Monday, baby. Rapid Fire Monday. Let's go. All right. So here we go. Marcus Freeman was asked his thoughts about
2: Under Armour Saturday, <laughs> and he gave his answer to that. Here is what he had to say.
3: I, I've been wearing Under Armour since my time in Cincinnati. We were year Under Armour School when I was there. And, um, you know, throughout this entire process, of um the apparel deal. I've been in communication with Jack and, and I trust Jack work right? And he's gonna do what's best for Notre Dame. And um that's exactly what he's, he's done. I have no I love that armor. I've been wearing it for a long time. And we've got a lot of under armor clothes for our children at the house that <laughs> I would like to be able to keep. You know, and so um it's it's been great man and, and Jack's never going to put our athletic department um, in a bad situation. And that's what he asked me. Jack, Listen, I have no problem with Under Armour. I love Under Armour, and I know you're going to do what's what's right for our players and for our athletic department, and that's what he did.
2: I like that comment about his kids. The first thing that we went Hilarious. through my mind is, is like, well, you know, look, regardless of who the supplier is, you're going to get it all for free. It doesn't matter if it's Under Armour, yep. or Nike, Adidas, or whoever it has to be. It's like if they if you can't wear the Under Armour stuff, they'll find something. You know, somebody will find. But <laughs> it is Under Armour. So Marcus Freeman's all in. Vince, does that make you feel any different
1: about Under Armour? Nope, I feel exactly the same way that I did before. I think that he he could be 100 telling the truth, right? First of all, he's not wearing the cleats. He's not performing on the basketball court. So everybody's big issue with Under Armour are the shoes, right? I have no problem with their shoes for walking around, and that's what he's using them for. And so I'm sure he has no problem with the shoes. And then the, I, I actually like the Under Armour gear. I'm yeah. sure he's being 100 percent honest. He loves We've Under Armour. Pretty armor.
2: consistent with
1: that. We love wearing the
2: Under. You know, I wear Under yeah. Armour stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, I perfectly I, and the stuff the that gear. he's. Like Andrew Gilmore says, he says Under Armour wouldn't be so bad if they made this stuff Freeman wears available. His gear looks nice. He looks good. Now, he would look good in just about anything, all right? So I'll I'll man crush Marcus Freeman for a little bit there. <laughs> but like his stuff but, is but cool. I mean, he
2: does look like a model every time he rolls out there yeah. on the field with a different shirt, a different, yes. you know, flat bill hat, whatever. Every time. Yeah.
1: Every time. I, I just want to be his size, and then he can just give me all the stuff that he wears one time, and I'll just right. take it over. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: And I'm, I'm right there with you. I've never had any problem with the Under Armour gear. I, you know, at this point, I just it is what it is. It doesn't matter if right. you like it or not. They're wearing it for the next ten years, unless right. Under Armour goes belly up and something happens in the middle of that's the contract. That they're wearing it for the next actually eleven years, including this year. So that's this true. Year, plus yeah. ten more on top of it. I mean, so. It's
1: gonna what? be around a while whoever asked the question what do you think he's gonna say well I'm pretty pissed off that they went with Under Armour I was really hoping for Adidas but you know I don't get to call the shots around here so right. here we go I mean <laughs> of course he's gonna I love Under Armour because I'm pretty right. sure and I could be I could be wrong here but I'm pretty sure when when Brian Kelly was here he got a piece of the contract was like he got paid Buy Under Armour stock
2: option. It's worth nothing right now.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was stock option or just straight cash. You know what I mean. But like, I know, yeah. I'm sure that Marcus Freeman's salary is subsidized as well by Under Armour. You know what I mean. So mm. I'm sure he does love Under Armour.
2: But part of that, part of the original deal nine years ago, I guess nine plus years ago at this point, they signed. Remember, there was all the technology stuff that under armor was supposed to be providing that was supposed to give Notre Dame performance, you know, mm, like I don't remember advantages that and like, yeah, like that was, I believe like,
1: you, I that, just don't remember. That
2: was part of it as well. And I did any of that really come to fruition or was it just shirts and, and shorts and jerseys and
1: <laughs> backpacks bad shoes, and everything you else? Know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's so I don't know. But, and that's the other side of it as well. I do find it odd that, Notre Dame has not even sent out its own release with any of the details on this contract yet. After Under Armour announced it on social media almost two weeks ago now, and we're still waiting on Notre Dame, there's been no details on what any of this is going to include, which I, yeah, again, I find that that a little odd.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Unless they're still, even if. Because like Jack details, but... was sitting
2: in the room, you know Jack. Jack was sitting over there on the side of the room when when Marcus was answering that question
1: as well. <laughs> Even more of a reason for uh, Marcus to say, "I love Under Armour. He's <laughs> That's <right>. That's exactly <laughs> my boss right. right over there. I love it."
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: So, get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Just go to constantcontact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
2: Did not mention, I meant to mention this at the top of the show. Tom says he still loves champion stuff. It's like, I I used to wear, you know, champion sweatshirts and stuff like that. My son has a champion sweatshirt.
1: Like, that's. Kind of a thing these days.
2: I was wondering if they do still make them because you don't they see do.
1: as many of them. He's got like a white. I meant to mention this earlier, Brent. Yeah,
2: Brent mentioning Aiden Gobira with the ACL and Kevin Bauman retoured yeah. his as well. Just uh, some thoughts on that, Vince.
1: Yeah, it's disappointing, obviously, for Bauman. I think this is his third ACL. Is that right? His, his third knee, in, in, or at least the third time that he's gone Second out. with ACL, a, but he's also okay. broken his leg. Yeah. So okay. this is the so third time he's gone out with a leg a injury. Now. That's yeah. That's just, y- your heart breaks for that kid. I mean, whether he was going to be able to help Notre Dame or not, I think he would have been in the rotation of some sort, maybe the third tight end. You, you never want a guy to lose a season like that for the third straight time. I mean, that's just rough. I At this point, I would be, I, I'm not going to say any. I don't know. I, it's just, it's demoralizing mentally. That would be what I'd be most worried about with, with Kevin. I mean, because it's just horrible. It's horrible.
2: But this is, look, I have no idea. Maybe it was just going to happen regardless. But he was, the tight ends were one of the first groups, I think, that they brought out for interviews. And he came out. And both he and Eli Raritan were talking about, wanting to get back out there by the season opener. And it just felt a little bit rushed to me. Like, take your time on this. We saw him quite a bit riding the bikes and stuff like that the last week or so while other guys were practicing. And, obviously, this is a worst-case scenario. It just really stinks. uh, Eli Raritan tore an ACL two years in a row, one in high school, and one at (laughs) Notre Dame last year. And now Kevin Bauman has torn his – Two years mm. in a row as well. It really stinks. It stinks any and like Aiden Gobira as well. Like he's gonna have to miss this year as well. The the one thing from a team standpoint is there is a ton of depth there, but it's again, it stinks for no. him because yeah. he was a guy kind of you know trying to kind of carve a, a place for himself. And it's you know, there's there's a deep defensive line rotation and all that, but yeah, it's it's an ACL. It stinks, it's never good yeah, when, never. when a guy tears an
1: ACL. Yeah, it just stinks. Yeah.
2: So Sam Hartman, J.D. Bertrand, Cam Hart, and Joe Alt have been named Notre Dame's four captains for the season. Do you feel better or worse that a newcomer like Hartman has been named captain?
1: I feel great about it because look, we all know how important he is just from a play standpoint. We, I mean, we knew he was going to be a leader statistically. But he obviously got there, hit the ground running, becoming a leader off the field as well. And I, I think that's great because, you know, I, I realize by default, your quarterback is a lot, a lot of times a captain and all of that. I, but I don't think that's the case here, right? It wasn't the case last year. And I don't think that would have been the case this year. I think he earned it this year. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. fantastic because he's going to be, like it or not, he's going to be the face of this team. He is. And I love the fact that, he's also going to be a captain. I think that's fantastic.
2: Absolutely. And like you said, it wasn't the case last year. It wasn't the case two years ago as well when Jack Cohn transferred in. This is yeah. This is both, it's the first time Notre Dame has had a quarterback voted captain and not just named captain, but voted captain by the team since Ian Book in 2020. And it's the first time they've had a transfer named a captain as well. So I yeah. think that, the, you know- that's those, huge. Both speak very well of Sam Hartman, especially in a one and done type season. and the stuff that we talked about recently with he he went over the locker room with his work in the summer and all that different kind of stuff. Matt Bayliss giving out the award for the work that they do in the summer. and to be able to come in in this short amount of time and be able to be voted into a position like that, I think speaks very well of Hartman and you know, I think we've seen the personality. That he has, so I, I think that it's going to be nothing but good for the team. That that, yeah. As a, he's a quarterback, he's the guy, he's the captain. I think it's going to be nothing but good for the team. By the way, Jesse and I predicted, made our predictions last week. Oh, I missed it by one. We went two on offense, two on defense. Okay. I had Hartman and Alt. Jesse had Hartman and Alt. I had Riley Mills. Jesse had mm. Cam Hart. So Jesse nailed. Yes, he all nailed four it. The captains, yep, he got all four of them. So,
1: now there weren't any returning captains that didn't get captain, right? I, I was trying to remember who right. all the captains were. There was a, so many of them last year, uh, yeah. but only one was returning. And that's the thing, too. 30. I'm glad
2: there's only four. I'm yes, glad they're not like doing that. it week
1: to week. All those different yeah.
2: kind of things. Yeah, two on each side of the ball. I think that's all you need. It, it, it sounded funny. like because Freeman was asked about it Saturday, and it sounded like if enough guys had got vote, you know, kind of like the Heisman. If you know, X amount of guys get X amount of votes, they would all be captains. So yeah. it sounded like
3: it was it was, he was
2: asked when they were going to do it and how many there would be. And he said how many there would be would
1: depended on the kind of votes that they got. So there must have been a pretty good drop-off after these four. Yeah. And, look, th- those are the four, man. I'm, I mean, I you could make, obviously, a case for Riley Mills. I think you could make a case for Jack Kaiser, uh I, you know maybe there's some other guy but the thing is there's a lot of youth maybe audric Estime because he's probably right. not going to come back next year so i mean you you could have potentially expanded it a little bit but i feel like they would also would have been a little bit of a reach too like these four are no-brainers to me personally and i i think that's the four i probably would have picked if you told me two on offense two on defense. I think that's i think it i think jess nailed it i think i think freeman nailed it i, I it's that's good stuff yeah yep
2: Ryan said, four is a good number. Don't want too many. Absolutely. Listen to that guy. Listen to that guy, Ryan Roberts. telling you. Thank you. He knows his stuff. Tim wants to know if Ziegler practiced or just attended. He uh, just attended. He's been in attendance for a little bit, I guess. But uh, he is currently not practicing, from what we understand. At least before today. That's what I gather as
1: well. Right. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's questionable ryan <laughs> seriously what kind of ball
1: that's right. a lot of balls out there
2: <laughs> fill in the blank it's blank that 24-7 is predicting jalen milroe to be alabama's starting quarterback with ty simpson as the backup and tyler buckner third string
1: not this surprising to yeah like
2: alabama insiders from 24-7 by the way
1: Not surprising and yet disappointing for Tyler Buckner because I, I feel bad for the guy. I, I, Ooh, he's coming right at you with the Cowboys (laughs) stink. Jeez. Uh, I, I'm, I feel bad for him. I think maybe he was sold a bill of goods to come down there, uh, by, by a certain coach and he bought it hook, line and sinker. And I, if i was advising him if i if i was somebody that he would listen to i would have said that's not going to be your best fit there's other places that you can go where you can play make a name for yourself whatever the case may be i didn't feel like it was a good fit to begin with and if that is what ends up happening he ends up third string that is just the worst nightmare possible for him i mean it has to be i know i know
2: i think so as well andrew Andrew says he thinks all three Yeesh. quarterbacks are going to play, and I mean, if, if that's the that case, happens, and Alabama's going to be terrible. And Alabama, this is going to be the <laughs> worst Alabama season in a while. I think. Oh you man! Know, if it's anything other than injury, it's it's right. not going to be. It's going to be good for everybody else. Cryan wants to know what he transfer. again. I would think so because both of those guys are younger than him. I think right, like they're both, yeah, yeah. 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 I would think that he would leave. And I just, this is worst case scenario. It's not even, it went down to the, I mean, no one's been named anything yet. Right. But there's, there's nothing that I've read or heard, you know, even before this prediction was made that that said that, that Tyler Buckner was in their back, like he's got a chance. It's, it's, it's pretty much been Milrose Simpson, it seems like. And, and now that's kind of the, the reports and. Things like that that were you know that we're getting out of there. Tyler says, "Do you think that he's missing
1: Notre Dame?" I mean, really good question. I'll, if if this is accurate, would you rather be number right? three at Alabama or number two at Notre Dame? And and number two at Notre Dame with a really good chance of starting next year, like you know, being in the driver's seat of starting mm-hmm. next year, right? I mean, can we at least agree on that? Whether whether you love or hate Tyler Buckner, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. But if he stuck around is there a, is there's no battle for the number two quarterback position and then that puts right. him in the driver's seat for next year but it's not going to happen now well and think about what you
2: said he could have gone to some other places and been the starter like he decided I thought he was going to go, gonna go to west Alabama
1: post. yeah well, I, about, I thought he was home
2: Drew Pine goes to Arizona yeah. State and he's going to get to play right away right and somebody put up a saw a highlight of him throwing a touchdown pass in the tempo drill the other I think he threw it to a tight end or something like that oh, great I don't know what Drew Pine's going to end up being but at least coming into the season he's going to get to play now if he struggles a little bit are they going to go with their stud freshman and and throw you know their five star guy and throw him in there and and get rid of Drew Pine I don't know but at least for right now Drew Pine went to a place that he can play he's going to get to play yeah and It just seems like a huge miscalculation for Tyler Buckner. to make The step that he did.
1: There's there. And I, you know, outside of all of the Pac-12 nonsense that's taking place, you're telling me that half of the Pac-12 teams wouldn't have loved to have Tyler Buckner as their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, realistically, you know, and and so I I figured he was going to go back more towards home. I figured that was going to be the deal, but obviously that, that did not happen. So it was not the case. So, we
2: haven't predicted a team's record in a while with all the realignment craziness going on. We haven't had time to kind of get into some more. Let's do one today. Georgia is our team today. Yes. They're Vegas over under 11 and a half. I mean, 15 0, of course, last season. Do you want to hear yeah. this barn burner schedule? Yeah, that's the thing. Planning this... national champs. Yes. Just... My goodness. They start off with UT Martin. Woo. win win ball state win. yeah let's just let's just do it as we go you think win mm-hmm. now south carolina you know because georgia does have a new quarterback you know that carson Beck in for stetson bennett that'll be the biggest question they've got they have lost 25 guys to the draft of the last couple of years but they still have studs like brock bowers and you know dumas johnson and, and those kind of guys they've got they're well-stocked, is is what I'm saying, which is why they're number one coming into the season. Sure. Could
1: South Carolina make it interesting, though? I think they could make it interesting, but I don't see them winning at Alabama. I mean, at Georgia, excuse me. Right. I
2: and that's the thing. Yeah. Georgia opens up, by the way, with its first four games at home and five of their first six games at home. <laughs> UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, then UAB.
1: Man, that non-conference schedule is a barn burner, baby. Mm-hmm. Holy. So then they go son. to
2: Auburn. Then they go to Auburn. Do you see him losing to Auburn? On the no, way? Auburn's Five not ready.
1: Last year. Uh, Auburn's not ready for Georgia yet. No. Kentucky, back home again. Now, again, <sighs> Kentucky has scared some people in the recent history, right? But, again, that game is at Georgia. So no, that's a win for Georgia. I don't see that being a problem for them. Concur. Then they're at
2: Vandy. Sorry, Clerk Lee. Wait.
1: Yeah, sorry. I'll pick
2: another one. By the way, I saw today that like Vandy like, behind their end zone, like they're still doing construction, like major construction going
1: on, and they've got a game in first
2: game they're of
1: twelve days. In playing it. it at a local high school. That's what I. I, That's the last thing I heard. They're playing a game at a high school. They're playing their games and in a high school. Almost positive that's what I saw because it's like the field itself is torn up like twenty yards in. Yeah, where they're doing construction. So, yeah, I don't. uh, I was like a high school. There's no place else in Nashville where you can play your games. Come on, man. By the way,
2: half of Georgia's schedule, the two time defending national champions, half of their schedule
1: is against teams that were sub 500 last year. So, I mean, they clearly did. Their non conference schedule is an absolute joke. They go Vandy,
2: Florida, Missouri, three consecutive weeks. They were all below 500 last year. So we've got Vandy, W. Florida, I think we're in agreement.
1: W. Yeah. Missouri. Doesn't even belong in the SEC W
2: Ole Miss. Here's where end of the schedule, end of the schedule finally gets interesting. They got Ole Miss at home at
1: Tennessee at Georgia tech. Do they win all three? (sighs) This is, you know, Georgia tech. Yes. They win that. You know, I don't think Atlanta is going to be a huge uh, environment for them to, to not win at, it's at Tennessee and home with Ole Miss. Like, those are the two games where you're like, okay, am I taking over 11 and a half or am I taking under 11 and a half? It, I don't know that I'm convinced that Tennessee is going to be able to repeat what they did last year. I think it's gonna I'm not be very either. difficult. Not even close. Ole Miss can score on you, but I don't know about their defense. I, if I was a betting man and I was going to go with the, you know, the 11 and a half is the number I'm taking the over
2: shy towns calling for Ole miss the upset in Athens.
1: I just, but, and that's the thing about college football though. Like they're going to lose. They could very well lose any one of these games, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they could lose any one of these games and it's like, well, you chalk it up to college football. You know what I mean? On paper, they shouldn't lose any of these games. And honestly, I'm not sure any of them would should even be all that close, right? This schedule is worse than Michigan's. No, it is. It's brutal. Like for it, it,
2: like, everyone wants to talk about the Notre Dame schedule is way tougher than Georgia's. I mean, this year. like if Notre Dame had a schedule like that, they'd be thanking their stars. Oh,
1: and they'd be they'd be laughed out of the room. The, Notre Dame right. would be laughed out of the room if they had a schedule yep. like this. They would be. Yep.
2: Not down in Athens, not down in SEC land.
1: Okay, this
2: next one, this just broke today.
4: Are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment, and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE System. You ready? Showtime on May
0: third. Summer starts with
2: the Fall Guy.
4: Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
2: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
4: Fall Guy. It's what the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
4: Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read PG-13. So you've probably seen, you've seen the movie The Blind Side, right? Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. I knew you'd seen it. Not that I knew, but I knew. He knew. You knew. <laughs> I mean, I know you watch all the sports movies. We both watch all the sports movies, right? I'm glad I've only seen that dribble once after this news broke today. I saw it when it came out. <laughs> Sandra Bullock got her Academy Award. She Great did. for her. And it turns out, well, if this is true, so Michael Orr, in case you hadn't seen this story today, Michael Orr, the offensive lineman depicted in the movie The Blind Side, his supposed adoption of grinding out poverty, a wealthy, you know, with adopted by a wealthy white family, Sandra Bullock, again, she wins the Academy Award for her portrayal of Leanne Tui, And uh, Orr, of course, went on to play in the NFL. Well, Michael Orr, has petitioned a Tennessee court with allegations that the story was a lie concocted by the family to enrich themselves at his expense. The petition says that Sean and Leanne Tui, who took Orr into their home as a high school student, never adopted him. Instead, less than three months after Orr turned 18, the couple tricked him into signing a document to make them his conservators. He thought he was signing adoption papers, in other words. They had him sign a conservatorship, which is like what Britney Spears had with her dad until a couple years back. And then, you know, they finally broke the conservatorship. But it gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. The petition further alleges the tuis used their power as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from the movie that grossed over $300 million while Orr got nothing for a story that wouldn't have existed if it weren't for him. So in the years since, the Tuis have continued calling Orr, who's now 37 years old, their adopted son, and have used that assertion to promote their foundation. Uh, the Leanne Tui. She's an author, motivational speaker. She's made her name off this movie, basically, that Michael Orr has got nothing for because they have bilked him, allegedly, out of all this money. So Orr's petition asks the court to end the Tui's conservatorship and to issue an injunction barring them from using his name and likeness. Also seeks a full accounting of the money the Tui's earned using Orr's name and to have the couple pay him his fair share of the profits as well as unspecified compensatory and punitive damages
1: vince <laughs> is this just the craziest thing you've ever heard this is nuts for many many reasons right this man was a professional athlete for a good amount of years with an agent with all of the things that you have when you're when you're a professional athlete I'm not saying that what he's saying isn't true. I'm not saying that at all. But it took until you were 37 years old to do something about it? Like that, I don't know. That part of it is hard for me to swallow, right? Now, if they did everything that he's alleging that they did, they're scum. Like, that's terrible. Like, you can have the movie. You can do all of those different things. That's that's great. But if they if they did the conservator deal... Posing as an adoption, right? That's like, that's a felony, in my opinion. That's messed up, right? And then if they go and they do this deal behind his back and not pay him a dime, that's a felony, too. Like they all belong in jail if that's the case.
2: Something I saw today. So the movie had a budget of 30 million bucks, it grossed over 300 million. Based on a standard cut, the movie. Netted roughly 175 million dollars. The two children, the two kids, got 225 thousand dollars each, plus two and a half percent of the net proceeds. So they each, apparently, the kids who did nothing, Mm -hmm. the two, the two birth kids of this family, each got more than four and a half million bucks. Michael Orr has got zero.
1: Yeah, if that's true, that's messed up. And he never.
2: He never like after this story came out. He never liked it anyway because it, you know, it basically became who who he was, and he had a hard time with it, I guess. And so he was never really overly fond of it. And so now it's a story that he wasn't necessarily proud of. But the Tuies, you know, went out and and pumped it up and trumped it. Like and the reason the story came to prominence the big reason michael lewis the guy who wrote moneyball was a childhood friend of the dad and so he wrote a book about Mm. it and then they based the movie on the book and gotcha so on and so forth
1: but gotcha 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 this is crazy
2: i'm gonna be really curious to see where this goes if if this is if this is true
1: and i'm not saying it is or i'm not saying that it's not if the if this is true, there's some dirty, dirty dealings going on here and it's it's messed up. How like even if you were going to sell the rights and do all the things that they did, how did you not cut him in on some of the money right just based on the fact that he might say something someday? Just let's to give keep him, him some happy. money,
2: yes. Right. Like, how is 100%. he never gonna make a dime off of this thing when you're yeah. obviously sitting there big fat cats with all the your stacks of money? that you made all this thing you're not going to throw him even a couple hundred thousand bucks just to keep him happy
1: because my guess is if they would have done that he probably wouldn't be doing what he's doing now i'm maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong that the the only issue i have from orr's side of things is why did it take this long for him to speak up what what year was the movie made like movie
2: came out in 2009 but he you know he I There's no details, you know, in terms of sort of when he found out about this, you know, obviously, I I don't know how much to base on, you know, Michael or based on the portrayal in the movie and stuff like that. He obviously, you know, came from a rough background and,
1: And you know, we all know movies take license like that's right. right. That's I don't have an issue with that part of it. I I like the movie. I have no problem with that part of the the situation. He could be upset about the way he was portrayed. Okay, I get it. That's fine. But the fact that he wasn't cut in on it—that's messed up. The fact that they did the conservatorship and and posed it as adoption—that's messed up. Like that—that's the part I have a major issue with if it's true. Right. And yeah, I mean.
2: When, when more of those details come out, that's going to be really telling you. Yes. Like just, maybe we'll find out why it's taken so long. Maybe, you know, again, yeah, like maybe, that's true. That's maybe true. he wasn't aware of
1: right. how he said that he thought he was signing adoption point. papers. So yeah, maybe it just came exactly. out that he's not actually adopted. Like, I guess that's a possibility. Right. So I don't know if this is man did not see this one coming. I knew he was no. not happy with the portrayal. Like I knew that part of it. Right but you hear that a lot from people still a good movie, but yeah, if it was made on the back of,
2: well, and again, not just the portrayal, that's... but just because of, you know, like he's supposed to be a big, tough football player, but you know, he was just the way his story is told. It, it, it wasn't necessarily completely complimentary of him. Yeah. And so maybe that's it true. Is portrayal. That's true.
1: Know. But yeah.
2: So my last question for you tonight, Scott Hansen of the NFL Network hosts the NFL Red Zone during the season. And if I, I've never really watched I, just glimpses of the Red Zone channel, but basically from the time the games kick off, the one o'clock games, until the 4.30 games are over, there's about a seven-hour stretch there where he is hosting the Red Zone channel, and he says... He never takes a bathroom break for this seven hours every Sunday. So my question to you is could you do it? Could you go seven hours?
1: I mean, I feel like I get almost there when we're doing like a Friday mailbag. So <laughs> I feel like I'm in the neighborhood.
2: <laughs> the key, the key is he can't do he can't yes. do what I do is sit here right. and drink what apparently what I saw. He says he dehydrates himself. I don't know exactly oh, when bet. he stops, but like the day before, I think he stops drinking fluids and, you know, dehydrates
1: himself like he's a wrestler or something. So, dude, so that he doesn't it, have to go all day. But what's wrong with a pee break? Like, I, dude, just let the football play out for 30 seconds, go, you know, a minute, gotta yeah, wash your hands. But like, I don't really understand the issue. I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying, Ryan. I'm with you. Vince,
2: every time a team gets into the red zone, he's got to be there to tell you they're about to kick a field goal. I mean, there's no time to go to the bathroom during that. Uh, then he needs he's gotta a be there to tell you
1: something. That's right. He,
2: he's got to be there to tell you the Houston Texans are about to kick a field goal against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he couldn't leave you hanging like that. <laughs> <laughs> no he couldn't
1: i i just it's feel amazing, like there's though, a way I heard that, to do it
2: an amazing amazing and he does that every sunday apparently that is amazing seven hours. well that there are ways amazing. like like wasn't there that ach- astronaut you know that drove yep. cross country and you know wore yep. like an adult diaper you diapers know, baby thing, or you want to sit right. in your own filth there are other ways that you could do it as well tim says he likes the red zone channel i'm not anti-red zone i just have sunday tickets so i don't need Red Zone. It's like. I could just flip over and watch whatever game. We'll see how that goes this year since it's going to be on the streaming platform though. Ooh, good
1: call. Did you, did you, did you go over? Are you, are you converted? I've got it. I've got it. I've got it installed on
2: my TV. It's all ready to go. I'm just. Okay. All right. I was curious waiting for the season to start. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Again, we have, um, Notre Dame football practice tomorrow afternoon and not tomorrow morning. So we'll be uh, talking a little bit more kind of the, the wraps on train, the training camp portion of the schedule. I know you and Brian are going to do a prediction show on Wednesday. Um, Wednesday night. I'll be kind of, I'll be kind of, gosh, it'll be a little dicey. I'll be coming back from Notre Dame (laughs) to get here in time for the show at six tomorrow who knows exactly what we're going to get to see, but we'll talk a little bit more training camp tomorrow. Uh, probably uh, throw in a, a thought or two from Marcus Freeman still and, and kind of have some of that kind of stuff. So that's what we've got. We are 12 days away from game
1: day, baby. We're almost there. We've almost made can't it. can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited. I get, uh, you kind of scratched the itch with a little high school football this Friday, so I'm kind of excited about that. But there's no football like – Saturday football and Notre Dame football, so I'm excited. Right. I'm very excited. All right,
2: hit the like button on your way out, and of course, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, and I, I meant to put this one up earlier. Scott Gibbs said he traveled with his son from Portland, Oregon, to Boston. Stopped Ooh. in South Bend, and walked around campus. Beautiful campus. You're exactly right. <laughs> That's a long drive, though, man. Yeah. I, where else did you stop on the way? Speaking Ooh. of bathroom breaks, like that would yeah, have.
1: No kidding. <laughs> That's a lot of driving right there.
2: All right, we will talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation Sports Talk.